What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We're your hosts, Stephen and Kyle. How's it going, Kyle? It's going, man. How you doing? I'm all right. It's kind of weird recording today because it's not like two o'clock in the morning. That's true. And it's just in the afternoon. Yeah, you got the day off. I rained out, so here we are. Yeah, it's weird. So if we seem off of our game, bear with us because we're normally nocturnal recorders and now it's daytime. It is during the day. Well, we hoped everyone had a fantastic Valentine's Day weekend. You got to spend it with your significant others doing awesome significant other things. Like putt-putt golf? Yeah, and going out to dinner. Yep. (laughs) Yep, that's usually what it consists of. So that's pretty dope. Uh, Kyle's coming in hot with a new topic this evening. But Before we get into that, we got to get through all the business. So check us out at all of our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Just search up Hollow Sky Podcast or just Hollow Sky and we will be the ones you find. So come on over and hang out with us, chat it up, just post memes because that's cool. Buy some stickers because we got them for sale and leave us scary stories. Tell us your paranormal experiences. Speaking of which, Kyle's about to tell you how to do that. So, Kyle, how do they do that? You guys really need to get on sending us some stories. You're making Kyle mad. I'm not really that mad. But we just don't have any stories. No, we have none. So, I don't know if we're just starting to suck. You guys are just getting over it. It's like the honeymoon stage is over with or <laughs> or what's going on. They were busy at Valentine's Day. I mean, yeah, I guess I can understand that. But anyways... You can call us at one eight seven seven eight zero zero hollow or you can use your voice memo app, record your story, edit it however you want. You could probably add creepy sound effects. That'd be cool. Whatever. If you make it like its own little audio pro like project. Or that'd be dope. If you if you got ghosts talking in your house, you could probably record them too. Yeah, send us or if you're possessed by a demon. Yeah. I mean well. Kind of shitty. Don't do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then you can send it over to the email. 
which is hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. You can write us in a story. You can get a hold of Steve on Facebook because I refuse to use that. I think that Facebook is the downfall of humanity. (laughs) That escalated quickly. Yeah. I mean, Joe Rogan thinks it's AI. I think it's, I think it's already here. It's Facebook. So. Joe Rogan just posted a picture of his dog last week on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, so now the AI has his dog. Oh, okay. Photo recognition. I didn't know where can, the fuck you're going with that. He can photo recognize Joe Rogan's dog. Well, yeah, that's what the 10-year challenges were for. That's true. Duh. Anyway. Get woke. <laughs> Trying. <laughs> Still early. <laughs> It is early. It's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, not 2 o'clock in the morning. That's true. But with that all being said, we currently do not have a story to share with you guys. So for that, I apologize. Me too. It's not exactly our fault, but, I mean, I'm not pointing fingers here, so. (laughs) (laughs) So now all our listeners are packing their bags for a guilt trip that Kyle has just bought them tickets to. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, it is what it is. Back on track. Yeah. So, with that being said, we're going to go out to the Middle East and not... Hold up. What? If you listen to us on your Apple Podcast oh, app, yeah. make sure you skirt on over there and leave us a five-star rating and review. If you do leave us five stars and a nice little review, we will gladly shout you out. And I just learned today that we don't get a notification for the ratings and reviews that come from outside of our uh, solar system. Yeah, that too. But the country that we are located in. So if you post us, if you leave us a rating and review from outside of the U.S., we don't get notified of it. But I did some digging and I found them. So we have one today that we're going to shout out. We did not forget you. We just didn't know that it ever existed. So, Joe fault. from Scotland, thank you for your five-star rating and review. It says, awesome podcast listening all the way from Scotland. So, and surfer big shout-out. Yeah, he gave us a hang loose. Yeah. Big shout-out to Scotland. Thanks for being rad. Thanks for listening Good to surfer us. Sign. Thanks for surfing. That's dope. Rad. So, yeah, if you, if you leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts from outside of our country and we did not shout it out, it's not because we didn't like you. It's because we just didn't know. But now we know. Yep. And I can so we'll find be getting them. on that. So thank you, Joe. Hope you have an awesome day doing Scottish things. So yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to where I was going. We're gonna go out to the Middle East, where basically, like, I guess that's where the set of Aladdin was. I mean, in a nutshell, other than the fact that it was drawn. But we're gonna be covering the gin. And the jinn, what their name means is to hide or hidden, which kind of makes sense. That's and never a good start. No, Shady. they they are uh, heavily embedded in the Muslim world. Uh, according to legend, these beings were formed by Allah of scorching wind and smokeless fire. <laughs> it just keeps getting fucking worse. Right. <laughs> um. Now, the jinn, after their creation they were punished for eavesdropping on the angels because like the, you know, the, the jinn were created of smokeless fire and scorching wind. The angels were of, uh, pure light. Humans were made of clay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now 
like I said, the jinn were, were punished for eavesdropping on the angels, and they were banished to earth. Now they're said to inhabit a parallel realm to our own. Hmm. Wow. So I mean, Told I guess guys. It, I guess it could kind of fit in with uh, your your little mo, Steve, being the whole different universe parallel. You don't even want me. Shit. Okay, you don't even want me to get started on that. No, not really. I, I know mean, we keep can, talking but... about just doing an episode where we don't have a topic and we just shoot from the cuff. Which trust me, some people really want us to do, but trust me. You get me started on that shit. I know I'll counter with the government. So that's true. And aliens. Yeah. But anyway, it makes sense. Paranormal, paranormal being. Yeah. Now I made the reference between Aladdin and the Jinn because apparently, essentially, the genie is a Jinn. That's that's the depiction of it. Um, there well, he doesn't seem that bad then. Well, that one. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of cool, and Will Smith played him, so that's even cooler. There are many different kinds of gin, though. There are shapeshifters, winged beings appearing as smoke, also ones that dwell in the sea and graveyards. Some are even said to be man-eating, so there's a little bit of a that twist. Sucks. They also come with a, a wide range of powers. Like I said before, there's, they have shape-shifting, invisibility, fortune-telling, telepathy, flight, and teleportations. And That's some, pretty cool, are even wish wish granting. I guess gin and genie kind of sound the same. Yeah, and they it sort of sounds similar. You know, it, it kind of the way I take it is kind of like a you know this is this is heavy in the Muslim world, but if you go to like the natives or even the Greeks, they all had gods just kind of like this. You know what I mean? Like the tree gods and the the water gods, and yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of how I feel the jinn are so if the jinn may be separated from these but it could be on the same thing just different cultures have different names for them i guess but um there are apparently both good and bad jinn now in a lot of my research i didn't find many examples of good jinn and most most of them seem like they they're kind of like tricksters. They like to they like to play tricks on people. For example, becoming something that will for sure distract a person and use that to lead them away. You know, with being a trickster also comes them being able to lie or deceive and manipulate us as humans. Sometimes apparently they even possess humans. Now, if you if you were to ask the Muslim about uh Catholic or Christian possessions, the Muslim would most likely say that it's actually the jinn, not a demon. So there's another little bleed over there. But I, I have I, I came across this story which had a handful of stories of encounters with the jinn and it it comes from Mysterious Universe and then I found a couple that weren't from the same website. They're from like BuzzFeed and a couple different other ones, but I thought they were pretty interesting and I don't hear much about the jinn. So Jin Jin does almost sound like a cognate of genie, like it was lost in transa- translation. For sure, or absolutely. Or if they took, you know, because the Jin comes, seems like it's coming from a pretty negative light. If they wanted to kind of twist it to shine a positive light on it, you could get genie, who oh, yeah. could essentially be the same creature. But oh, hey, it grants you wishes and all this other shit. Now they they said with like the wish granting ones, um, you had to be very, very, very specific. 
That's exactly of what I was wording because tricksters. Yes, they took great pleasure in either manipulating your words in such a way that they gave they basically their end game was to give you something you did not ask for at all. Yeah, like so I wish for a hundred million bucks and you get a house full of deer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean it could very well be that. Sure. So like they said, they, they you had to be very, very, very specific of the way you worded things. And if you if you think about it, your words can almost always be twisted into oh, yeah. a different phrase or meaning. But I found these stories and it was cool because it they're they're actually recent. They have to deal with soldiers being in the Middle East during this shit storm of a war we've been going through forever. Here's the first encounter that I was able to find. In June of 2003, a soldier stationed in Mosul, Iraq, had an encounter with one of these beings. This soldier was tasked with helping out local authorities in regards to a riot that had broken out. The squad that he was a part of was deployed to watch local police stations, I guess basically to just keep an eye on them, make sure that this riot didn't get too far out of hand and you know people tried burning the police stations to the ground or something. So the soldier goes out for his watch and to lend a hand, and this is his encounter. Myself and two other guys from my squad were sitting on the balcony of the second floor of the station pulling security on our shift. It was sometime in the night, if I had to guess, I would say it was sometime around 02.30. While on guard, we would use the lights on our rifles to illuminate any car that drove by so we could see if there was any sort of weapons in the vehicle and stuff like that. We heard a car driving towards us from one of the side roads on the mosque, so we got ready with our lights to illuminate the car when it came into view. Once we saw the car, we shined our lights into the vehicle, directing the light towards the driver. The driver had a typical reaction to the surefire light, which is blindingly intense, by squinting his eyes and attempting to look away from the light. The passenger, on the other hand, had a much different reaction. His eyes seemed to glow with intensity by the light. He stared right back at the light, almost like looking through it and at us. It was very eerie. At the time, we best could describe his eyes were that of a cat in the dark with a flashlight shined in its face. I have never heard of a person's eyes being able to reflect light like that before or anything you could purchase to do such things, especially in a second or third world country. And that was that was his story with what could possibly be a djinn. As I was reading some information on it after you brought the topic up, they say that um, in the Islamic world that, like, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone out there, that the jinn is kind of seems to be the catch-all for any paranormal experiences that yep. people have. Yep. It, if it's a poltergeist, they say it's a jinn. If they see, if it's a ghost, they say it's a jinn. An alien, they say it's a jinn. So it's kind of a broad brush that is being painted. Yeah, and they also with. claim that uh, every individual actually has a specific jinn following them forever until they die. Oh, that's crazy. Now, apparently when said person dies, that jinn is finally free to roam the earth. Does he get to pick a new person? It didn't say that. It just said that it was free, free to roam. They could finally wonder, do what it wants. I wonder if that's some sort of punishment, like they're tied to a person. Maybe. Because I saw that they're they're almost like a lower tier of an angel sort of thing. That I makes read. sense. They're not totally like an angelic being. They're, they're a tier down, but they're like above humans. Right. They can take animal form. They can take human form. Like the more you dig into it, it's wild. 
It is wild. It's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, this next story I thought was a pretty good one. It would definitely scare the shit out of me. Uh, another soldier who was deployed in Iraq started a relationship with a female soldier. They began to meet up. I thought you were going to say a female, Jim. No. That would be whole, very interesting. Whole another story. Um, they began to meet up in a bunker on the base. The bunker was a secure place with only one way in and one way out. Before long, these little rendezvous were cut short because of the strange encounters that kept happening inside this bunker. And here is his account. Here's what stopped the bunker trips. Well, about the second night on, Sarah would make would make, wake in the middle of the night telling me she was hearing something inside the bunker with us. At first, I attributed it attributed the noise she was hearing to hedgehogs as part of Iraq is lousy with them. I shrugged it off until I heard the noise. There was no doubt. They were footsteps. The night before the last night we stayed down there, I woke to whispering coming from the corner, which was always followed by footsteps that approached my side of the bed. I woke Sarah and reluctantly turned my flashlight on, fearing what came next. But there was nothing. Nobody no footprints, and worst of all, the blast door was closed just like we left it. The last night started with Sarah warning whatever was down there that we were not in the mood to be messed with and then that we just needed our sleep. We both fell asleep as we reassured the other we were just hearing things. Again that night, Sarah woke me, and we sat there in total darkness listening to whispers coming from the corner. Two different voices, followed by footsteps approaching our bed. And then our bed violently shook for just a couple seconds and then a tremendous sound as if a metal plate had just been dropped next to the bed in our panic it took me a good 45 seconds to locate the flashlight but once on there again was nothing with us no footprints no evidence of what made the loud crashing sound that was our last night in that bunker there was a lot of what we would consider ghost activity yeah that's what it seems basically. like to me and instead of just being instead of Comparing it to, like, when we think of ghosts, I feel like, for the most part, we think of somebody that has passed away and it's their spirit, right? Right. So instead, they have the idea that it's this uh, this completely different entity from a human. Yep. Kind of doing the same stuff. Right. Which almost, I mean, I don't know which would be creepier, really. I mean, in his particular case, I would be more open to the gin theory because... In our culture, like you said, with ghosts, we usually attribute ghosts with things. So uh, somebody died in the house. We're on top of an Indian burial ground. It's a cemetery. It's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We usually, to our knowledge per se, we don't just have ghosts popping up in random locations. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know much about this base. I don't know if the base was there. I don't know if they built the base, if it was like a forward operating base. I, I, I don't know anything about yeah, it. You don't so. really have the history. Exactly. And so I would assume from his point, he didn't much have the history either. So, I mean, I could see the correlation between the gin in this situation. I wonder if, was, was that guy American? Yeah, I believe so. So there must be some sort of connotation separating the two because you would think outside of the culture he would immediately attribute that to a ghost or a poltergeist right as opposed to him going straight to a gin now that's not you know including what if there was some locals 
working with them in the base or some of the local authority or anything and they caught wind of the story and was like no that's a gin yeah or or to that note there could have been uh stories circulating the base that there was a gin on on site possibly and now all of a sudden all this weird stuff's happening to him so he's like oh dang you know gin's trying to creep on us over there in the corner while we're making out (laughs) weirdo just trying to watch man just trying to watch that's all get out of here perv (laughs) (laughs) here's another story from a soldier in iraq in uh 2005 we had a generator connex converted into an office i was inside the connex during my water testing and i heard the sound of someone walking on the rocks outside the connex I figured that maybe it was security coming by to check on things. I went outside, and there was no one out there, and the sound stopped. The moon was bright that night, and there was light shining on the rocks from it. I saw shadows of what looked like to be spiked crescents zipping past my feet. I looked up, and there was nothing flying around. These things were zipping by real fast. Later, I drove back to my LSA to get something. While I was backing up to park... Someone started banging on the truck. I stopped immediately, thinking that I had hit someone. I got out and looked. No one there. This was about 4 a.m. I went to the bag farm to take more samples and do a general check for water leaks. Between the last outermost bag and the Hescos, there appeared to there appeared a small light dancing around. I walked over to that area, and it stopped. When the new ROWPU site was completed... It was custom to get there before breakfast to start the generator, get the AC or heater working in the lab, and set out a clipboard at the distribution point before walking across the road to the DFAC for breakfast. As I left the office to go, I walked past the connexes and I saw a man in a white t-shirt sitting on his heels leaned up against the connex. I started to go that way to see who it was and what he needed, but when I looked away and back again, he was gone, nowhere in sight. And that was, that's the end of that soldier story. See, it's it throws me off that all almost all their paranormal encounters are attributed to gins. Because in your last in the last encounter, they had the footsteps and the whispers and stuff like things you would attribute to a ghost or right. a poltergeist, and that's labeled a gin. In this one, the first thing that took off is he saw these things flying in the sky. These spiked crescents or whatever. Like I try to picture it in my well, head. Well, he saw him. Really... He saw him at his feet, like these little spiked crescents flying around his feet, I believe. And I'm trying to like picture it in my brain what they look like, but I don't know. I can't really do it. Me either. I just think of like a crescent moon with spikes on it. Yeah, like like I was thinking like a like one of those comic book brass knuckles, right? Yeah, you know, with the big spikes on it, but flying around. You think once you see something that you can't explain that's flying an unidentified flying object is a ufo so he's like i just don't i don't get how he like why that was attributed to a gin yeah i don't know you I know mean, what i mean yeah i mean the only thing i can I think of is that they can that because they're shapeshifters they and the way i take it is they have the ability to shapeshift into almost anything, anything. and i guess it's because of the phenomenon and it's so ingrained in the culture that that's Anytime you come up with a paranormal ex- experience, that's probably their go-to. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure it's their go-to. I'm sure. And then, 
And then you could also attribute to there's a lot of, of new shit going on in that area because of the war. There's new people, new disturbances. And if these beings really are tricksters, well, I mean, they just had a whole new plethora of pe- uh, people to trick on. Yeah. You know, trick. A whole bunch of new targets. Yeah. So, I mean, you would think that the sightings would be a little bit higher. Now, moving on, I found another story of an ex-Army security guard in Pakistan And this also happened in 2005. And this is his story. Sometime past midnight, he was sitting in his chair when we were woken up by his screaming as he jumped over the gates of of one house and entered in shock. Mind you that this this was a man armed with a repeater, weapon with 12 rounds, automatic pumping action, something similar to Arnold's weapon in T2. (laughs) (laughs) Dope. (laughs) Upon inquiring, he kept on repeating that the same story for one hour. He said that in an empty area between two houses, he first saw a rabbit hopping right outside to where he was seated. In an instant, the rabbit sort of transformed into a cat while it's moving toward him. As this was happening, he tried to dispel this event as an illusion. However, he was soon terribly shaken as the cat had now started taking the shape of a woman. He clearly described the transformation, and at the point where he saw the half-woman entity, he got so scared that he started screaming, and his legs, which were jammed, were able to find the strength to jump into action over the six-foot gate into our neighbor's house. As far as I remember, he left his gun outside, and we had to go gather it later. Our neighborhood remained in a state of shock and fear for quite some time after this event. The guard had been with us for nearly a year, and after this, he was never the same guy again. Soon after, he swapped his duty roster with another guard. So there's that story. That's so crazy. Where they, they can transform. And obviously, it affected the guy because he, you know, they said he was never the same, and then he ended up basically dipping out. He, he found a different place to go. And the entire neighborhood was completely dumbfounded and in, a, in like a state of fear for quite some time. I mean, that would... If you experienced it, that would be out of control. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't even imagine you see a rabbit, then it starts to transform into a cat, but at the same time, it starts transforming into a woman, and you're like, what in the fuck is going on? I'd probably be scared, too. I probably would have ran or tried shooting at it, one or the other. Well, you can't shoot at it if it's a human. I mean, you can. I guess that's true. But you'll go to prison. Yeah, because that'd be your luck. Yeah. You end up killing it, and it actually being a human, or it gets locked in that form, and you're like, oh, great. So I'm looking up gen stuff here as we're kind of going on, and it's wild. Do you have any, like, any episodes of them hijacking humans? Like, No, I, I didn't find any. Most of it is just of these military so encounters. So I'm going to share this. Go for it. Okay, one of the aspects of the gen is apparently that they hijack human bodies. I'm on top net, and it says a lot of times of things that we could possibly attribute to possession people attribute to the gen. Right. Like marked by seizure and incomprehensible speech as well as loss of one's own volition. Possession by the gen is f- all too p- familiar in different parts of the world. What's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy and delicious breads, buns and tortillas. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. One Afghanistani man, for example, an illiterate non-smoker, found that after being possessed by a jinn, he could read and write in many different languages, but his appetite for smoking had increased so much that he started swallowing lit cigarettes whole. Holy shit. Yeah. That's no joke. Faith healers typically seek to expel these spirits by reading from the Quran and calling on God to assist. They blow in the victim's mouths, curse the jinn, and verbally command them to leave. Uh, some go as far as to actually hit the hit the victim in belief that the jinn and not the possessed human is the one who feels the pain. So it is very, very similar to what we consider as like a demonic possession. Right, and ironically enough, you read that. I remember reading something about it where the jinn are also affiliated with uh, black magic and that these guys, which is strictly forbidden by the Quran, strictly forbidden. Yeah, it's forbidden by me too. Now, these guys who perform black magic i guess they would they would defile the quran they would piss on it or they would take pages of it stick it to the bottom of their shoes and they'd go walking in public restrooms and they did this because they thought that it put them in better standing with the evil jinn so but like you were saying i mean if you think about it you could definitely see somebody black or practicing black magic in say the united states but they had more of a christian or catholic background and them doing this with the demons in the bible versus the jinn in the quran you yeah. know what i mean yeah they almost go they're almost parallels with one another yeah and that's why i was like what i was saying in the beginning how it seems like there's there it's the same thing it's just being renamed you know what i mean like yeah yeah across yeah. different cultures oh that's fucking creepy what's that this is a lot of times when jinn jinn can only be seen when they want to be seen they're said that when they want to be seen, they can appear as black dogs, wild asses, serpents like in the Garden of Eden. And if their feet are turned backwards, they can also appear as humans. But their feet have to be backwards? That's what it says. If their That's feet so are turned weird. backwards, they can also appear as humans. I would probably have a stroke if someone walked up to me with their feet are backwards. Feet. I wouldn't blame you. I'd probably freak out too. That is... Dude, that's so weird. Can you imagine? Like, I'm trying to, I'm picturing somebody walking up to you, and you're just like, oh, what's up, guy? And they're like, oh, hey, I'm definitely not a demon. And you look down, his feet are backwards. And I'm like, you liar. <laughs> nice lie. Nice lie. But that, no, it's just weird because, like, you read that, and then I think about my personal story with the black dog. Dang. See, maybe they're onto something. Maybe yeah, I, I all don't paranormal know, experiences are. Because. I never fit. I mean, I was attributed to the aliens, but I did have a black, the black dog. And then it was attributed with noises on the roof and all around my house and everything else. But I, I mean, I never did see anything that would push it in one direction or the other, as far as a conclusion. I don't know. Very strange. Very strange. I found this other story and this one, this one would freak me out because I don't know. I couldn't imagine seeing this. Um, there's a place called Baton El Ghul, which is rumored to be proud by demons and ghosts. The name itself literally means belly of the beast, which is rather ominous. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Jordanian soldiers claim to have seen demons attacking people here. There was a military man named David Morehouse who wrote a book called The Psych Psychic Warrior, and 
he actually had an experience in this place. And this this is his story. Sometime in the night, my eyes opened to a surreal, surreal light outside the tent. It was like the light of an eclipsed sun and wasn't coming from any stove. It filled the night sky. The entire Batten and Ghoul and the hills beyond were bathed in the strange bluish gray light. I walked to the edge of the bluff and stared into the valley. Dark figures moved effortlessly across its floor like apparitions. They poured from the rocks in various heaps and shapes and moved about the clusters of tents. I could hear muffled cries from the Jordanian encampment, and momentarily I thought we were being overrun by thieves or Israels. Panicked, I turned to run for help, colliding with one of the figures. I reflexively closed my eyes, except I didn't collide. I walked right through it. Turning around, I watched the figure disappear over the edge of the bluff. Imagine seeing that. (laughs) I mean, could you imagine you're, you're in this place... That's literally called the belly of the beast. Which, which, pump the brakes. Our episode two weeks ago now, the Yucca Man. Yeah. Where did all the, where did the bad shit happen? Places with shitty names. That's true. That's true. Dead dead Man's Curve or Dead Man's Hole or whatever it was. Yep, and the Dark Canyon. Yeah. Don't. Go to places <laughs> with scary names with garbage names. Yeah, it's I don't know. Like I couldn't imagine in the way he describes it, like how they were just pouring out of the rocks and or over them, and then then he's seen all these dark figures running through the camp. I would I would I wouldn't even know what to do. I wouldn't even know how to think. And then he turns to run, and he he feels like he's or he sees it, and he technically did collide with one of the things. Except he just goes right through it, and then it just walks over the bluff like it's no big deal. <laughs> I I would have got in a car and drove away. I never would have went back. Just said, see ya. Yeah, there's no way I would have went back. The last story that I was able to find was, it, it's kind of, it's almost like Aladdin and the genie in the bottle. Now, this is a story that is not a, a genie in a bottle, but it, it kind of links how the djinn can be tied to objects as well. And I don't know, I just thought it was a pretty freaking cool story. Um, It's called The Djinn and the Locket. At my boarding school, we had a few cases of bullying. In one instance, a bully broke a chain on a student's neck. As soon as that happened, the girl started to speak in a male voice while her body contorted in strange positions. It said it was a djinn and had traveled from a faraway place. Meanwhile, the bully's tongue swelled and almost prevented her from breathing. Long story short, teachers were called into the room. Apparently, her parents knew and had gotten the chain for her daughter from a shaman to hold the gin in. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Damn. I mean, that would be my luck. Yeah, and I I really can't. That's what you get for being a damn bully. That's true. Don't you, be a dick. You definitely shouldn't bully. Bullying is a dick move. Yeah, he he deserved it. Don't be an asshole and you won't have you won't get possessed by a demon. But it's just weird how there there are shitloads of similarities between the djinn and other beings across the world. I mean even even in the you know, you talk to the Muslims and, and stuff, they say that the Yeti is a djinn, that 
aliens are jinn. So they they lump the jinn with literally everything. All paranormal experiences. But it, it still makes me wonder if the jinn is its own, if it's something of its own entity. But then again, I guess if they can transform, assumingly they can read thoughts. So if you're thinking about a Bigfoot and they're like, well, let's fuck with this dude, we'll just turn into what he's thinking about. So, I mean, I guess there's that possibility. Yeah. They kind of, they, like I said, they kind of, they paint with a broad brush when they can take the form of anything. Yeah, I mean. You know what I mean? And maybe, maybe it's their lack of understanding or, or you know, the the origins of the djinn. Maybe they didn't quite understand. Bigfoot was different. Uh, aliens were different. They just kind of lumped them all into one, one you know, cube and locked them in there and said, this is the answer for it. And a lot of times that's, it's easier to try to process one specific being for all of the that's true. crazy shit that's going on as opposed to having a vast multiple different, yeah, things different to things deal to deal with. <laughs> I did find a story here on Reddit. It's long and I think I'm going to read it because the more I get into it, the more I'm like, holy shit. Well, let's hear it. But, so bear with me. It's a long story. We probably got time to cover it. For sure. feel like you guys would like it. Okay, this was posted on Reddit four years ago uh, by Reddit user Alpha Bravo Charlie 11 It's called A Real Story from Afghanistan. Hey guys, I think I have something you would like. I've been a long time lurker of Reddit and I recently read the story about search and rescue guy on the front page a few days ago, blah, blah, blah. It's hard to decide where exactly to start this. It's the sort of thing that needs to be told backwards. The story about search and rescue triggered the Afghanistan memories and that experience triggered all the memories from when I was a kid. First thing I need to say is something has been with me all my life. I don't possess or I don't profess to have a guardian angel as the thing has not always been good to me. It just is. There are countless things that have happened to make me doubt my own sanity, and those things are stories that uh, I'll have to share on a different day. Today, I want to talk about something that happened to me while I was fighting a real tangible enemy in the mountains of Afghanistan. I was part of one of those units that they make movies about, but the movies uh, they really never do justice to. We were operating in a part of Afghanistan that's not particularly well known to the rest of the world. No documentaries were made about what we did, and we had no ebbed reporters or embedded reporters the particular mission i want to talk about was just an observation type deal we were tasked with setting up a hide and surveying village that are coist c-o-i-s-t i'm not sure it's probably some military acronym that i'm not familiar with anyway had targeted a possible possibly housing single coded named guy now anyone familiar with military operations knows that there aren't many single coded name guys left in afghanistan most of the newer bads have two names now something ridiculous like purple octopus or green badger the single named ones that are still there are cunning important to the taliban and most importantly had been fighting the u.s for years so they were slippery as hell and they know how we operated we'd walk several miles to get to the village and our job was to observe for several days and reported on report on activity we were looking for extra movement besides the daily hustle and bustle the guys we were looking for most certainly had a contingent of bodyguards and they would most certainly be trained packy Taliban with very, very different looking from the local villagers. 
The movement to the village occurred without a hitch. We dug in as a team of six and a team of two, with the larger one setting up in the initial hide and the two mover cl moving closer to an observation point with a different vantage angle. After we set up our long guns, I gave our 240B team their, their area of coverage and we were good. All we had to do was rotate through our positions, keep our two-man OP up with additional two guys on the 240B radio, and we could maintain 50% security until the end of our mission. Things started to go wrong on the end of day two. Our radio wasn't getting good signal from the jump. The heavy metals in the mountains were making it worse. We had to contact our TOC, which stands for Tactical Operations Center, when we initially set up, but we had been unable to reconnect or recontact them and had missed two comm windows. Our standard operating procedure was not to move to the ER plan until four were missed, and we still hadn't got our SATCOM working. Finally, we were able to position the antenna to grab a second of the TOC calling us, but we weren't sure if they had heard us hail them back. Regardless, we were getting good images, and we were pretty confident that we'd been able to ID the guy we were looking for. Finally, we were able to snag the comms of one of our air assets, and they promised to relay so the TOC would stop worrying about us. Unfortunately, we had our radio guys moving around to try to grab comms, and one of them was pretty sure he got spotted by someone moving around outside the village. He said, I saw a man in a white robe who was moving quick like he was running. There was something odd about the way he described it, but we were more worried about being compromised. Needless to say, we folded up our shit and got ready to move out. We weren't going to end up some lone survivor type of clusterfuck. We were going to get the fuck out of there. So at this point, it's late dusk and we're moving pretty quickly. Everyone's on high alert and we are a small element in a remote area without ready access to any kind of quick reaction force and we had no reliable communication. I was moving in the rear as my uh, seniority afforded me the opportunity to do counter trafficking for the rest of the flat footed uh, prodding motherfuckers in front of me. As I'm walking backwards, making sure we aren't making too ridiculous of a followable trail, I see a glint of white in the distance. Now it starts to get really weird. I almost felt at ease, and I smelled fresh bread. I felt like if I just headed back the way I came, I'd run into a nice place that would be comfortable, and I could relax. Now my intu intuition is naturally screaming against this. You need to move. You've been compromised. If you get caught, your family's going to watch you get your head chopped off on fucking YouTube. Uh, the chatter over our internal our internal comms or our internal comms also helped. I asked my dudes to keep their eyes open for anything because I thought I'd seen someone trailing us. Our senior scout piped in. That's strange, mom. I was mom. It's a long story. I thought I saw some dude in white on the ridge in front of us. At this point, all the hairs on my neck are standing up. Everything's beginning to feel strange. The air felt heavy and sort of sweet, and the silence was hummedly loud. This is normally the point where you're fucking, where you fucking run off to safety. The problem we had is we're miles from literally anything friendly or even anything somewhat safe. We had no option but to keep moving towards our designated area of recovery. Fast forward a little bit later, now it's pitch black. We have our NODs on our NODS on, and anyone who's familiar with night vision knows it illuminates everything in a green glow, and it can fuck up your depth perception pretty bad. We're tired, and we're carrying about 100 pounds of shit each. We've been pumped on adrenaline for hours, and we have been moving through really rugged, rocky, and mountainous terrain. Hallucinations do happen, but what happened was beyond my comprehension. First, we heard a sound like a huge airplane taking off. A loud, low buzz slowly increased in pitch. We had to yell over our comms to hear each other. Everywhere I looked, I kept seeing what looked like glowing eyes staring back at me. But once I would center my focus on where I saw them, they would disappear. 
we started to panic. Everyone was holding their rifles at high ready and we were expecting some kind of ambush. We started talking out the RP we would meet at if we needed to start appeal and move. Then it all just stopped. Everything went dark. The only thing I could hear was my breath and the blood pumping in my head. We stopped, dug into the side of the mountain, and performed an SLLS, stop, look, listen, smell, for about 10 minutes. Nothing, not even bugs. The air in the land was completely silent. I kept a look behind us while we moved, and suddenly there was nothing. Where there was nothing a moment before, I saw a man dressed in a light-colored robe. He was moving toward us slowly, but tangently through but tangentially through a draw where we were paralleling higher on the mountainside. He seemed to melt over and around the rocks. It was so unnatural the way he was moving. The NOD, in, through the NODS, his eyes glowed. I scoped on him and saw that he was looking directly at, at me. It was pitch black. There was no way he could have saw us from that distance without any kind of night optics. Suddenly, he stopped. He picked up one of his limbs and held it in the air, almost like he was waving at me. The arm melted back into his form. It's like it wasn't an arm at all, but some type of extendable probesis, probosis that was meant to look like an arm from a distance. I was about to ask the guys if they could see him when he suddenly just disappeared. I then saw actual real lights off in the distance, which meant someone had either picked up on our movement or heard the deafening sound. Regardless of who or what was chasing us, any human contact meant danger and we had to keep moving regardless. I kept an eye on the lights for as long as I could before we moved over a ridge and they blinked out of sight. We moved seven more clicks before we hit a recovery location without much of a hitch. The weirdness earlier was explained as us all being deliriously tired and pumped up on adrenaline. More than that, our brains really couldn't process what had happened and no one saw the man thing that I, no one but me saw the man thing. We let it out of our minds and moved on, but we were forced to revisit everything a few days later. The reason we did the observation was so we could bring intel back for a raid that was to be conducted. The raid was considered successful in the sense that finding a deer hit by a car is successful is a successful deer hunt. Apparently, the team that moved into the village found it completely abandoned. They also found several men in the area where I had seen the lights the night we were hauling our ass out of there. The corpses had been ripped to shreds, and based on the sheer amount of blood, the general consensus was that there were more men that were killed than just the bodies that were found. It went in the official records as a successful raid with several enemies KIA'd. Unofficially, no one has ever given me any idea what killed the men. All I know that whatever it was, or all I know is whatever it was, it chose. It chose those men and not us. I have some idea why, but those stories will have to wait till another time. Thanks, or thanks for listening. Even or thanks for listening if you guys care. So, wow, that was long. Thanks for bearing with me, Fat. No, that was an awesome story, which had parallels like the guys in the white robes reminded me of the other stories where the guy he saw the guy in the white t-shirt that just yeah, disappeared for sure. I would really like to know his theories on why it chose them and not him. And the fact that it, like, he saw it visibly shape shifting. Yeah. Like where he said the arm, the arm probesis came out like he was just waving. And how he like melt, like I, I see him like walking towards a rock, and he doesn't go through it, but his body shifts around it. Just like yeah, like, like his head's above the rock, but his lower torso just moves through it. Like kind of just goes around it or something. I don't know. It's weird. That would it's... be fucking horrifying. And then, not to mention, it also links into them um, 
using something to distract you to lead you away. Yeah. Because when he was leaving, he said he smelt warm bread, and then he felt like if he would just go the opposite direction, he would end up yeah. somewhere safe. Just come back. It'll yes. be fine. Just yeah. come back and have a snack. Exactly. He's like, fuck that. Yeah. I'm He's like, everything is telling me to get the fuck out of here. That story was awesome. It's, ter- it's terrifying. Because, I mean... I can I I am not a soldier. I've never been a soldier and I can't imagine the kind of anxiety that's going on when you're in a position like that. It, I probably would have had a stroke. When you're there with just six other guys or eight other guys and you're in the middle of nowhere and you are the enemy and you have no way to get a hold of anybody that can save you. And now on top of having the specific target that you're after being one of the head Talibani or whatever terrorist source they were after you also have this other crazy bullshit you have to deal with that you have no idea it's an enemy you don't know how to fight yeah and then on top of that on top of that they go back for a raid and everybody's been fucking slaughtered (laughs) the fact that there's shreds there's more blood than bodies (laughs) i mean you'd have to you'd have to like gut people and stuff. How? Just, I mean, literally limb from limb. So he didn't specifically say it was a gin, but I feel like considering there's a lot of parallels. Yeah, where he's at and the culture behind it and stuff, like it probably drops right in. See, and he <sighs> says he says that it chose those men as opposed to as opposed to him. But if that motherfucker was trying to lure him back, somebody was trying to have their cake and eat it too. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I feel. And it's it's so you can paint like you can paint the picture. Everyone has seen night vision, right? Yeah. So you're looking out over this rocky landscape and you see this guy and he's not moving right. And you're like, man, that's not right. You know, so you're thinking, hey, my brain's probably messing with me. I'm out right, here. For sure. I'm jacked up on adrenaline. It's hot. You know, everything that could be going wrong is going wrong. And then you see this and you're like, man, I'm just out of my brain right now. And then it starts waving you over. Yeah. Like, hey, come, buddy. Come on, come on over. Come and get this bread. Well, and imagine, imagine whenever he first sees him and then he reports to his unit. He's like, hey, I just saw a guy in white. You know, everybody be on your toes. And then the lead guy's like, well, that's fucked up because I just saw somebody in front of us on the ridge. And he was dressed yeah. in white. There's someone trailing us in a white robe. And then yeah. he's like, well, that's crazy because there's someone in front of us in a white robe. So that's right got, there. I would just feel like impending doom. Yeah. That's got you on point. It reminds me of the predator. Yeah, for sure. You know, where, they're, where they're out in the jungle, the first one. And you're like, oh, shit. Like you got an enemy that you don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. And then I don't know, man. Like if, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, it's very interesting. But there is a lot of fucking weird weird shit that has been going on during this war over in the Middle East. Because not only this, like if you just took this story by itself, not including everything that I read off, but you have something that ripped these men to shreds. Well, you also have testimonies and accounts of soldiers fighting fucking giants in the area. Like real fucking giants. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But it, it is, it really makes you wonder. 
Really, really, really makes you wonder. And it's funny because I'm gonna the episode that we're gonna bring next that I chose. It has a lot to do with not the gin per se, but aspects, I guess. Because he said when they did their stop, look, listen, and smell, said they they heard nothing. Yep, not, not even, even bugs. The air in the land was completely silent. Yep, I caught it. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. So in in my brain, when everything stops making noise. What is that a sign of? At least a predator. A big predator. An alpha predator. Yeah. Because not yeah, everything even. Everything knows to shut the fuck not up. Not even the bugs <laughs> want something to do with it. They're like, nope, nope. Hey, shh, shh. Yeah. No more cricketing. Yeah. No more. So that's, you know, that's something that's. It's they, weird. They're more afraid of it than they are of people. I don't know. That, that makes me wonder, dude. That makes me fucking wonder. Because then you have, because I don't know, I don't know much about the gin other than what I've just discovered. But I mean, fuck, you, t- you look at Missing 411, you look at all this fucking weird shit, dude, and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Because they like to play tricks. And if they do have the ability to rip people to shreds, and then they said half the fucking village was just gone. There was no bodies. So... Even on the flip side of that, on the flip side of that, this could be a global predator. Yeah, moving around, and this, and the gin is just Catching how how they describe it in the middle, how it's described oh, yeah, in the Middle sure. East. You yeah. know, yeah. like over here, oh dude, just oh it's it's, I don't even know. I don't know, but that's that's basically all I have on the gin. I didn't mean to hijack the end of no, the thing, but it, I started that reading was fucking that. I'm, awesome. like, I'm like, this is right up Brady's alley. Yeah, that story do. that story was awesome. I loved it. I think I think the gin is gonna be something that I try to revisit again down the line because it was it's very curious, it's very interesting. And most of the most of the encounters seemed relatively harmless. You most know what of I mean? them. Like, oh, it's it's footsteps, it's knocking on the door, it's hearing whispering, it's this and that, but if it, if it's in the same vein as this, this no, last please. story, but it also crazy. said that there was the difference between the good and the bad gin. Yeah, maybe the good one. You know, I made the comment I didn't find many res- stories with good gin, but just because something plays tricks on you doesn't necessarily make it evil. Yeah. So maybe maybe the good ones are just kind of like, haha, you know, I I got you going, pranked you, you know, and I'm gonna go this way now, prank. Give this guy over here some wishes. <laughs> so I mean, there's that. I don't know. It's. I think it's something that I'm definitely going to keep checking out. Yeah, that was a good topic. It's pretty interesting. I didn't know much about it, but once I started looking, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it reminds me of a theory that I have on everything, but we'll talk about that later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, check us out at all our social medias: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Hop on over to our fan page on Facebook, our listener page, and. Join there. We got a regular page on Facebook. Come over, hang out with us, talk. If you got scary stories, get them to us. Um, that's about it for today. So until we meet next time, stay safe and don't trust genies. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. 
Shop now at Hero.co.